0: Des Moines. And now, from the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460
1: KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. An Iowa sports betting bill passed the Senate on Wednesday, setting up the state to have legal wagering within the year. The bill passed 31-18 with bipartisan support and now heads to the House. The House is likely to consider the bill early next week. A passed bill would give Iowa sports betting a chance to wrap up within 2019. The Big Ten has announced their men's basketball conference for opponent breakdown for 2019-2020, I will have home and aways with Illinois, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State, and Purdue. Home games against Ohio State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin, and away at Indiana, Michigan State, and Northwestern. Two baseball from last night, and the Cardinals finally figure out Milwaukee. Out to
2: left center
1: again. Ozuna has done it. It's another home run. Marcelo Zuna with his fifth home run in his last four games. The card's off today before they welcome in the Mets tomorrow. The Cubs keep winning as they shut out the Marlins 6-0. Javi Baez, another big night at the plate. Deep right and gone into the bullpen. The call from Cubs TV. Cubs back in action Friday against the Diamondbacks. 120 first pitch.
0: Live from the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
1: KXNO. Hour number two, Miller and Connick continues, 1460 KXNO. Emery Songer in with me today. Ken, in Vegas. So Emery, uh, step number one, I guess, in a way for legalized gambling here in our fine state. Came to fruition yesterday. Bill passed, as I said there, in the update. You a sports wager? I know you like horse racing, and a lot of times that kind of goes hand in hand. Do you you like to dabble? Are you interested in dabbling when it becomes legal? Where do you sit? I'm a
2: dabbler. You know, I'm responsible. I'm a responsible gambler. I I work at Prairie Meadows and do some handicapping for their TV for horse racing. So I'm telling people where they should put their money, but... Between you, me, and the fence post, I I'm a two dollar better. You yeah, know, like yeah. I am looking for all of the possible deals. And when I go to the casino and I'm throwing money on the horses, I'm taking a twenty dollar bill. When I'm just there just to have fun and, and, and spend some money, I I have a twenty dollar bill. And if my twenty dollars burns up and goes away, then that's it for me. Like I'm done. Right. But it's fun to watch. like I like the enjoyment of of handicapping. Well, when you're doing sports betting, there is some enjoyment of trying to like figure out what is gonna happen and maybe get a couple of deals. I really like throwing like two or three bucks on a three team parlay and trying to take my three bucks and turn it into forty or fifty right right those are the kind of things that I like to do, but just generally for the state and the health of the state this is big. yeah yeah yeah, you know for sports fans and sports betters or whatever. This is certainly a good thing that you don't have to go you know, wait and and go through third-party programs to try to get your money onto something you're interested in. Instead, now, much like we see with Colorado and Washington State and California with legalized marijuana, how Mm -hmm. much money they're bringing in on taxes for that, well, with the casinos running this, this is going to be a huge deal in the way that the taxes are going to be There's going to be more money going into Prairie Meadows, for instance, because people are going to go there and they're going to lay their money down on sports games. Mm -hmm. With that also being said, specifically in Polk County, we have an advantage as well because Prairie Meadows operates as a non-profit, so the money they make, they don't even keep. They're, they're, They're putting it back into the community and for different projects. I mean, you should see the millions of dollars and where that's gone in the community for from people, much like the Iowa Lottery does the same thing, where people have try to win a bunch of money, and when they lose it, because they're trying to have fun, it's entertainment for a lot of people, sure. like me. When you lose your money, it goes into the casino, and a lot of times the is just like, okay, like where are we going to be able to build this next big fountain in here, right? Oh, right, right. Well, Prime Meadows isn't like that, so Polk County money gets a ton of that money. and the state of Iowa, the way they've legislated it, gambling counties like ours, there's a chunk of money that goes to all the non-gambling counties as well, based on casino revenue. So... The more money casinos get, and yes, it sounds really stupid if you think that gambling is toxic and people get addicted to it, but generally, for the financial health of the state, if people are willing to spend money like this on what they think is entertainment and they're trying to win money, and when they lose that money, and they still had fun, they got something out of that, I would hope, Yes. that's going back to the rest of Iowa in in various
1: forms. So you're telling me, as we're watching the NCAA basketball tournament at Wells Fargo Arena... Mm -hmm. Funded by, a casino. Oh, it, a wow! A huge percentage, is it? So, so my couple hundred Shocker. bucks. I mean, I, my couple hundred bucks that I lost at the craps table one night, mm-hmm. that paid for a brick. Right that, there it, you you I paid for that
2: building it's almost like you know when you're a taxpayer and you see like a pothole getting fixed do you yeah. ever think like I'm glad I pay taxes so that pothole could get fixed no
1: I, I never think that I okay well I, I get out of my way
2: <laughs> I think that I was like, you know I'm glad that I pay some level of taxes so policemen can come and save me if I'm having some problems or someone's threatening me right Well this is the same thing I'm going to have fun at the casino and if I win awesome I'm coming home with more money but if I lose. You know, Prairie Meta's is going to do something good with that money.
1: There you go. Look at that positivity. That's maybe one of the the better justifications for sports wagering. I'm going to take this part now, and I'm going to cut that up and show that to my wife when I put some money on the account when it becomes legalized. Here, I'm just helping our state. That's all I'm doing. I'm I just mean, you're really you're either donating to your your bank
2: account or you're making a donation to Iowa's bank account.
1: Right. Right. What a great way to look at it! That's awesome. Every if you need if you need me to do this, feel no, yeah, like yeah. I could totally do it. Yeah, we'll we'll do this. I'm Trust right. me, I've had to have this conversation <laughs> a million times. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it. It is going to happen. We get step one done. Step two will come. it'll go in front of the house and hopefully we will get bipartisan.
2: Well, I on this. I work every day on WHO radio. Yeah, you can help
1: out a lot more in this side. Uh, of Yeah,
2: events. across across the hall at 10:40 WHO, and you know, talking with Jeff Angelo this morning about this. Mm-hmm. He seems to think that this was put together by both parties in both the House and the Senate, and he fully right. expects it to just fly right through the House. Whoa. And Kim Reynolds is going to put her signature on that paper, and then it's a done deal. And if you've been to Pray Meadows recently, yeah. they completely renovated their top floors so mm-hmm. it could house sports betting. So they were just waiting on the go ahead. They thought it was a slam dunk. It took probably longer than they were hoping it would take. It took mm-hmm. four and a half months, or almost four months, three and a half months to to get it even to this point, but. I would fully assume we're not going to see any surprises here.
1: That is great. That is great news. Uh, some of the people we've talked to in the past here have mentioned it'll be in place as long as, again, everything passes, certainly before football season. That That is the hope. It will be here, maybe kind of a soft launch in August. You'll get some mm-hmm. baseball betting, whatever else is going on in August, preseason football maybe. I mean, yeah. those are the kind of things that are there. But I, I think they're going to be able to clean the carpet before we get to that first weekend of college football, then the week after the first weekend of the NFL, everything will be operational, up and running, and hopefully most of those hiccups will be able to work
2: through. And that's and that's what the real hiccup was. When you talk about hiccups of like making things happen mm-hmm. at these casinos that are going to house sports gambling, sure, it's going to take a little bit of adjustment time for them to be able to get the odds. Because Prairie Meadows, for instance, has a deal with William Hill from yep. Vegas for for where they're going to get their odds. So that's one thing you got to make sure those keep getting updated. And people online as well, if they're you're allowing people to go online and and do that, which they're going to, you know, you got to make sure all your kinks are worked out in that regard. The same time, the real issue was who was going to control this. It wasn't a matter of, well, we don't want sports betting, but we do want sports betting and people arguing about just having it. We knew we wanted to have it because of the revenue that it, it brings in for the state. It, it makes sense. The same reason why the horse track makes sense. Same reason why the casinos, the 19 casinos in Iowa make sense, right? Because it generates revenue for the communities in which they exist. It was just a matter of, do the casinos control the sports gambling? Does, do, do different entities control the sports gambling? That was the real, issue that they had to get to the root of. And now that they've gotten that solved and the casinos are gonna be in charge of it, I mean, let's fly high man. Let's go yeah. let's go hang out and like watch a couple of games, put a little parlay together, see if we can't win some yeah. money
1: like how you're thinking. You're speaking my language there, every. And they were talking about, you know, on like race days, like when they have mm-hmm. horses out
2: there and having like little specific Prairie Meadows, little daily doubles or something where they have their featured race of the day. Mm-hmm. And if you can pick the right horse and then they have like the, if Iowa's playing that day or something, they have their featured bet. And if you can get them both right, you know, like maybe you get, not only do you win your, your bet, but maybe you get some like bonus points or something yeah. to, you know, towards... I mean, steak if, dinner. Yeah, if you're, you're you got a gold card member or something, mm-hmm. there are rewards or whatever. That that kind of stuff is the fun stuff that you can do when you have all this stuff in one spot.
1: Well, and you have to figure it. And with your relationship with Prairie, I'm sure sure that they've been so excited about this because it's going to generate foot traffic. Now, me personally, I I live in West Des Moines. Mm-hmm. I love wagering, but I'm not going to go over and I gamble pretty much every day on sports. I'm a low-level player like you. It's a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. Just something to care about it, right? Yes, yeah. Something and, and see if I can basically beat myself. You know, figure right. out, can I get through a month plus? Mm-hmm. Can I make a positive? That's what I'm trying to do each and every month. But I'm not driving to Prairie 30 minutes every day to lay five $5 bets. Right. But I can no. do it on my cell phone? Yep, yeah. There you go. It's automatic. Absolutely. If to, but if I have to go there one time, and this is the thing, I don't know if you know for sure, that first time to open your account, do you have to walk into one of the casinos that have sports wagering? That's a great to, question. To get the account set up? Yeah, if, I'm sure. If not I was sure. a casino, I would certainly want that to happen. Going forward, yes, after you put in your initial couple hundred bucks, you can then after add to it with the debit card, with the credit card, however it is. But that first time, you need to walk into the building, and you know what? As I'm there, I'll throw some dice, I'll have a pull, maybe have lunch, have dinner. And they and that's that foot traffic they certainly want
2: food and beverage man like even if you're not a player this should bring people in if they're laying only five dollars on a on a parlay and they're just hanging out with their buddies or they're having like a fantasy football draft there or whatever they have to get their food and their drinks from somewhere Mm -hmm. so there are multiple places that you can do that in these casinos all over the state of Iowa it makes a ton of sense for the casinos to kind of you know it would really expedite the process if you just came and did it in person you only have to do it once but if you came and did it in person and maybe even then you'll look around and just be like you know it would be pretty cool to come out here for a big game and you know watch it with a ton of guys that not only are maybe laying it but cheering it's like a sports bar atmosphere except we can win some
1: green while we're at it all right it's uh gonna be a fun time and for people that are sports fans that because of the legal component have never done it mm-hmm. i, I think i know there's plenty of people out there that are going to do that too and Maybe make their first wager, ever, on sports officially in an official capacity. Not betting with a buddy, but going there. it will be a first time too. I when it happens, I want to be there. I want to be at Wild Rose. I want to be at Prairie. I want to be at one of the casinos when the flip switches, eight a.m. some morning, whatever it is. Probably a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I want to be in line. I want to. You want to be that one I of the first be the guys, first person there. Yeah, I, I want to be that person. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be a cool story to do, and, and maybe talk to some people that are there. Find those people that are making their first wager, and the person that's going out there and not betting ten bucks on a game, but the guy that's laying down a thousand on a baseball game as we flip the switch in August, whatever it may be. Right? I'm like, What is this guy doing? He's he's laying minus one hundred five for for a baseball game, a regular season game. It I I think it's going to be awesome, and it's and it's going to change. I think the conversation even more since I started doing this fifteen years ago. I've always touched sports gambling. It wasn't something that fifteen years ago was real prevalent in the world of. of it's getting there, radio, though. but it's it's coming. It's coming in a big. I mean, way. on
2: television too.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you watch TV, ESPN. Fox has their own yep. show too.
2: Now, Fox Sports has their own show mm-hmm. that really is just like what are the good buys, what are the good values, right? And just because you can watch things in so many different ways now, that I mean, you don't have to be up on the lingo. All you got to do is just get yourself educated, listen to to us, List, watch a show, that and they'll be like, you know, this is the game tonight. That I'll, you know, the over in that. Cleveland White Sox game, you know. Right. I mean, that over under is sitting at like seven and a half, and there is just something telling me that they're going
1: to hit that over. Carlos Rodon is terrible, so you take the over. What? <laughs> Let's get a break. Speaking of baseball, we got Matt Snyder coming up on the other unsolicited. side. Unsolicited, just it popped right into my head. Come on, man! Over didn't hit yesterday in that game. You are right, it was, didn't.
2: But even you, with the extras, even with ridiculous ejections, yeah.
1: We'll get into that a whole lot more. Matt Snyder joins us next as we continue. Emery Songer in for Ken Miller today, and it is time once again. There it is. All right, let's get into it here, Emery. It is go for the green time with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword Water. W A T E R. Water. Water to 200, 200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's water to 200, 200. Standard message and data rates apply. Talking baseball next, Matt Snyder joins us as we continue. Miller and Condon. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back in. Miller and Condon continues minus the Miller songer and Condon today. Yo, yo. Yo. Ready to talk some baseball? Oh. Uh, Let's go. I know you're over there as uh, your White Sox and Royals got into it yesterday. Your boy Tim Anderson gets plunked. We welcome in Matt Snyder right now from CBSSports.com. Matt, good morning to you. How are things? As uh, Well, I know you're a Cubs fan. Got to be excited. Playing some good baseball at this point.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, you, you have to uh, kind of look at a series against the Marlins and take it with a grain of salt. However, there wasn't much to complain about in that series. I mean, every game was kind of a runaway Cole Hamels and Jose Quintana were outstanding. Quintana was outstanding against the pirates and Hamels has really been good all year, except for one inning in Arlington. So I think those are things that could be real. Uh, Darvish, there were some good, some bad, but overall, I think things are moving in the right direction. They go home to the face the Diamondbacks for three games. You get two or three there and they're 500. And then you can just say, Hey, claims slate got back from a one and six start to get to 10 and 10. Now let's just play. So I think that's
2: kind of how things are going to go there. Yeah, Matt, uh, one thing that I find interesting about the National League Central is just it's going to be pretty unpredictable throughout. But you would like to be towards the front or in the front. But when I'm looking at these rosters, I, I know that you're talking about the pitching has improved and Cantana looked good and you know Hamels has had a good year to this point so far outside of the one inning. But overall, I... Like the way that Milwaukee looks and the way they're playing, St. Louis looks like they're the real deal. The Pirates and the Reds still have plenty of guys here. I mean, it still would be fair for Cub fans to be skeptical that this team. I mean, certainly they have the talent to go to the playoffs and make a deep run, but I mean, it's not going to be any easy task in the Central this year.
0: Oh, not easy at all. But we could poke holes in there. I mean, the, the Brewers started eight two. They're twelve and seven right now, so they're four and seven since the eight two start. You've got Brandon Woodruff with a 5.23 R.A., Julie Shostein at 6.52. Freddy Peralta's on the injured list with over seven. Corbin Byrne on pace to give up, like, the most home runs in baseball history within the area over 10. And Jefferson's is back. He's had one outing faced uh, a batter. He struck him out, so that was good. Um, but we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. Definitely going to go a long way. But with Kniebel out, you worry about the bridge to Hater. If Jeffress, again, if he's fine, then that's going to be a big deal. But you, you saw things like without Canable and Jeffress, Hater against the Cubs on the, this Sunday in that series went two and two-thirds innings, but then he wasn't really available for the first three games of the Angels series, and they went out and they got swept because the bullpen couldn't hold anything. This is not the same bullpen as last year. I mean, they lost Soria. Like we said, Canable's out for the season. Burns is in the rotation now. Woodruff's in the rotation now. It's a lot more thin in front of Hayter and now Jeffress. So, like I said, we could do that with every team in the Central. Well, I so like with, I don't think the Brewers are going to want to run away by any stretch.
2: But, but still, I mean, the fact that those numbers are as bad as they are, and they're still twelve and seven, and Matt. Seven. I mean, come come on. I mean, what wouldn't like wouldn't in your brain? you could be just like, you know, those numbers will trend down back to at least major league average overall, back to their career averages well, a little bit.
0: Because Burns has never been in a rotation for a full season, nor has Woodruff. Chassin's always been kind of blocked until last year. Um, and like I said, Peralta's hurt. So, I, yeah, I mean, maybe get a little better, but I don't think you can definitely say, oh, it's all going to work itself out. And I mean, 5-0 and oh in one-run one games, negative run differential – there are ways to say they did a lot of smoke and mirrors work early in the season. Now I don't think it's all that. I think they're good. But I don't think it's like they're they're a lot better than the Cardinals or Cubs, because I just don't.
1: You know, Matt, with that, it's interesting. You mentioned that rotation, what you look at it, it's it's bad. it's a bad rotation. We had the same conversation here going there a game away from the World Series. Is there yep. a possible trade target? We're we're ahead of the curve. I mean normally we, we start talking about this in June and July. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: is is there gonna be it doesn't have to be Randy Johnson, you know, when he made the jump, but is there an arm that would make sense with Milwaukee? We know they have plenty still in that farm system they could trade away. Is there an arm that makes yeah, sense?
0: Do. Um, you know, the the Rangers are ten and seven right now, so there's no way they would even think about it. But Mike Miner is somebody okay. who's cheap and might be out there if the Rangers fall out of the race, and I fully expect him to, but yeah. again, April eighteenth, they're ten and seven. They're not going to even think about making a deal. Um, maybe and the names right there. Maybe the Royals looked to deal Brad Keller. Uh, if he's, he's had a good year, come come July. But again, we're are far away from that. Um, hey, maybe the Red Sox will be looking to make some deals. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's so you know, crazy. Like, one they won't even have to give anybody else. There's one they won't have to give anybody up for. And that's Dallas Keuchel. Mm-hmm. So if they continue to have issues, ownership in Milwaukee, I, 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 I tweeted uh, late in spring training that I wish the Indians and Pirates would have an ownership group like the Brewers. The Indians and Pirates are constantly whining about how they don't have any money. The Brewers are the smallest market in baseball, and they go out and they do what it takes to, to put the best team on the field they can. I, I fully expect the Brewers, if they look like they need a Dallas Keuchel, to go out and make a move like that.
1: You mentioned the Indians, and uh, they have... They've heated up. After the first series, I watched them when they were playing the Twins, my team, as you know, Matt, from our conversations throughout the years. And without Lindor in that lineup and with Ramirez banged up at the time, that was a whole bunch of yuck. Still, when you throw out Klu- Kluver and Carrasco, the Bieber kid it seems to be coming into his own. That rotation is just so, so good. Is it a two-team race? And, and coupled with that, with the Indians now playing well, are they set to run away or hide? Or, or can you see the Twins at least keeping this interesting into August?
0: Oh, I, I can't see them running away and hiding at all. Okay. I, I'm looking at the offense right now. I mean, it's 14th in the and run, 15th in average, 14th on base, 14th slugging. They're hitting 2-0-1 as a team. <laughs> <laughs> even if Lindor comes back in as himself, even if Ramirez rebounds and starts playing like himself, what's around them is Carlos Santana, who right now is hitting out of his mind and trying to keep them afloat should be a good hitter. Nobody else should even be league average in that lineup. And the bullpen in front of Brad Hand, really, personnel-wise, doesn't look that good either. Yeah. So with Clevenger hurting the rotation, I just feel like the door's open for the Twins. Now, the Indians caught the Mariners at the right time. When somebody starts 13-2, and two, and then they get demoralizingly swept by the best team in their division, that was the perfect time for the Indians to hit Seattle. Um, I... I I know they've kind of of the ship here but again I don't think they're going to run away and hide I think the Twins are going to stick with them it's probably a two team race if anybody else called into it it's not the team that started well and the Tigers it's the White Sox um, just don't know if they have enough but if I had to pick a third team I'd pick the White Sox
2: well I appreciate you throwing us in there uh Matt, but I will go ahead and tell you that you should not worry about us.
0: We'll right now. Yeah. No. Well, well,
2: Tim Anderson, Yawamakata, that's about as good as left side and infield could be right now in baseball. But I will say this about that division. It is garbage. Bad. I think, I, I, th- I think we are, we are like within the last three years, this little three year window, we could be talking about the worst division in the history of baseball. And I'm looking at the National League East and the National League Central, and even the National League West, the American League East, and to a certain extent, as long as Seattle looks kind of good, the, the American League West, all five of those divisions, the fourth-best team really could win this division. <laughs> I mean, it it is an absolute train wreck in here. So, Matt, if, if you're telling me, like, obviously baseball is what it is, and somebody's making the playoffs out of here, but would you, I mean, like, the, there's no way that I'm picking the Cleveland Indians... You know, and and this is obviously way early for this, but no one from this division realistically has to be in the mix for you know a deep, deep World Series caliber run barring something miraculous happening.
0: Correct. Um, And it kind of did in 2016 with the Indians, but that team was way better than this team. Uh, Last year, that Indians team was way better than this team, and they got swept by the Astros. So I I think it's going to be something similar to last year where – yeah, I, I, not Well, not fully like last year because the Indians won over 90 games last year. I think it was 91.
2: Yeah, you can um, win 90 games when you're playing the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers it's, 19, it's, 19 it's, times it's, each.
0: It's, it's, that's true. I just don't think they're bad. I, I think somebody's going to win the division with like 86 wins and then get absolutely steamrolled in a first-round sweep. Now, maybe you grab one because it's baseball and they have the type of starting pitching that you could see someone like Carrasco or Clevin if back at the time I don't have confidence in Kluber by that point. I think he's going to be worn down. But you could see one of those guys go out and put up like seven zeros or something like that, and the offense scratches across two runs, and then they get a game. But they won't even push it to five, I don't think. And like you said, it's way too early to be thinking about that. I just We just saw it last year, and they're worse. So it's hard to see it going much differently.
1: Matt Snyder joining us, CBSSports.com, as we talk to Major League Baseball. Matt, uh, with that, we talk about the divisions. What's the most compelling race that's shaping up for me, though there isn't a whole lot of local interest here for for us? The National League East, I, I I like four of those teams in that division. I think that's setting up to be a real fun one. Is that the one for you? You got another one.
0: Yeah, I mean, coming into the year, I thought the Central, but the Reds started like 1-9 and and the Cubs started 1-6, and and it felt like you, you kind of lost a little steam there. Uh, in the East, the Marlins are awful. So the other four teams should remain in contention if they beat up on each other and then just totally beat up on the Marlins. Um, it, it's one of those two, probably. AL West though, right now, I mean, <laughs> Rangers, Mariners over five hundred, Angels eight and ten, not too bad. Um, it, it's a lot of good so far, but I think it's the NL East or NL Central. Just uh, NL Central top to bottom, NL East top four is probably going to be better than NL Central top four. But, hey, we'll see. I mean, there's been a lot of surprises so far, and there will
2: continue to be. What I love about baseball is not all these teams can squeak into the playoffs like they can in hockey or in basketball specifically. But I would say my answer is the American League East of the most compelling division because start. So the Red Sox are 6-13. and The Yankees are 8-9, and and neither of them obviously have looked all that great. While the Tampa Bay Rays, who sneakily won 90 games last year, are 14-4. and four. Blake Snell, when he's on the field, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, won the Cy Young last year. There's a lot of their offense that I really like. They are doing it on the cheap as they always do. There is a part of me that feels like Tampa could sneakily get to 95-ish wins this season, Matt, and all of a sudden steal that division and if one of those West teams say, I've, I think Houston's clearly the best team, but if the A's or the Angels are still hanging around in that wild card spot, there's a chance that we would lose either the Yankees or the Red Sox in the playoffs if the Rays continue to play this way. Am I wrong?
0: No. No, not at all. And, well, I mean, it's way too early to do if the playoffs started today, but it would be. Both the Yankees and Red Sox will be left out in the cold. Look... Everything that could possibly have gone right for the Rays has so far. You start 14 and four. The only good team they've played so far was the Astros, and they took three or four from them. Meanwhile, the Yankees are like a, a walking hospital, and the the Red Sox, my gosh, they just they look bad. Almost it, most of the team, it looks like sails broken. The rest of the rotation's been terrible. The offense hasn't been what it should be. Six and thirteen. They're really far behind the eight ball right now. Now, if they get it together and start playing well, that three-game series against the Rays starting this weekend, let's say they sweep, all of a sudden you're 5 and a half out, that's workable the rest of the year, of course. But just something about them looks broken. And, uh, I mean, we've seen World Series hangovers before. Uh, the Cubs recovered from theirs. The Royals did not. Um, but it's, wow. It's, uh, the Red Sox look so bad. I, the Yankees, I'm willing to write off most of it to injury. But the Red Sox is just bad baseball.
1: So that's what's the most shocking thing about it. Matt, the uh, day-to-day grind, last thing for me, and I'll let Emery finish up with you here. The day-to-day grind of baseball, as a fan, I love the part, going around, bouncing around to different games, and then seemingly as much baseball as as we watch, something completely comes out of nowhere. When, it, when I saw the highlight last night of Joey Votto popping up to first base, <laughs> for the yeah. first time in his career, we're talking about, thousands of at-bats, 6,800 games that he's played, to never pop out to first base until then, it's completely unthinkable to me. Try to help me wrap my mind around it.
0: Well, I can't. That's just how good of a batsmith he is, I guess. Well, here's the other thing. I, I searched today because I was like, I thought there was more. He's never popped out to the catcher. He's never popped out to the pitcher, which isn't, it, yeah, that's not as big of a deal. Right. Usually people call the pitcher off. But once to the first base, which was yesterday, zero to the catcher, only 5 to 2nd base. <laughs> now it Nuts. was like 40 to 3rd base and 34 to shortstop or something. So that, those are probably around normal. But if, if you go 1, 2, 3, 4 on the baseball scoring scale, he's popped out 6 times to those <laughs> guys combined. That's outrageous. That shows how good he is at handling a bat.
2: Okay, so he and he's one of the best players I've ever seen play just because he is a line drive fanatic. I wish I could talk to you about the science of this a little bit more, but I have a very personal question that I need to ask you, and this is about the state of baseball and the lack of fun that you're allowed to have. As a White Sox fan, and I, I watched my guy Tim Anderson smash a home run and do his thing, which a lot of guys are doing now, he threw the bat toward his own dugout, not the opponent's dugout, his own dugout in his own ballpark. Ran around the bases, celebrating a home run. He's on fire right now. He is the definition of en fuego. And he then gets plunked with the first pitch of his next at-bat. He walks to first base. Then the bench is clear because, you know, baseball, right? And then he gets ejected for no reason. But that's a different conversation. At what point are we going to say, look, if you are going to come onto the field and and make a big deal out of this, you know, why don't you let the pitcher and the batter figure this out? If they're going to do it this way, fine. That's fine, but the, I, I felt there was no need for the benches to clear there, and not only not to clear there, but then to have ejections, especially of the guy who got hit with the ball and didn't do anything after that, and he got thrown out as well, and it, it cost us two at-bats of our hottest hitter. What can you say about the state of baseball's unwritten rules and how we can get this thing moving in a direction where we don't see this pointlessness happening on a regular basis?
0: Um, fortunately, I do think it's moving there. It may be at a glacial pace for some, but I do feel like it's getting more and more accepted. Uh, but you're, you still get this crap. I just wrote about it today, uh, CBS Sports MLB on Twitter. Um, it's probably the last thing that we've tweeted. Uh, it's the hypocrisy that partially that gets to me. Is it, uh, Sam Mellinger, a great columnist for the Kansas City Star, tweeted yesterday, like, what, he's like, what gets me is the hypocrisy. The Royals celebrated every single, like, it was their birthday for the last several years. Now, all of a sudden, they get mad about it when somebody else gets happy. And that's part of my issue is pretty much every team has guys who do it, but then they get mad if somebody else does it to them. Uh, first of all. Second of all, another thing I covered in my article is what I, I can't get my head around is this, this mentality that it makes you tough to, get your feelings hurt by somebody else's celebration and then throw a ball at them. That's like the furthest thing in the world from being tough. That's being a coward. Like if anything, if it's that big of a deal, just throw down with Anderson right there when he hits the bottom and throws it back. Well, if you're going to let him finish the trot, move on and try to play the game. But, and I do also agree with you on if they really want to hit him and they hit him on the butt, which is harmless, which by the way, give me a break with acting like Brad Keller has command that good that he can put it exactly where he wants. But the result was okay. It hit Anderson on the butt. He's running to first. No need for the benches to clear. And then for the guy who got hit to get thrown out for being mad about getting hit on purpose <laughs> is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life.
2: Joe West needs and to just right, be fired. Send him, send him to the pasture already. already. Yeah. Steve
0: Stone was pointing out on the broadcast. Who is, Steve Stone's an old-school guy, as you know, as a White Sox fan. But he said – It's one thing to be worried about getting shown up. It's quite another to put your team in position to lose the game. Because at the time it was tied, they put a base stealing threat on first base as a go-ahead run. So they were putting hurt feelings above trying to win the game. Now, it worked out because Anderson got tossed and they won. But at the time, that was outrageous. Just ridiculous. The whole situation was.
1: Well, it's not ridiculous when we get a chance to talk with you, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports Matt, as always, great catching up. Your Cubs playing well. All coming up, Snyder, right now. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. You too, Matt Snyder, joining us here. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Are you going to be over this? Uh, how this this seems like it's lingering with you. You're still fired. Joe up. West needs fired. <laughs> like until Joe West gets fired,
2: I'm going to be mad about it.
1: Well, you're going to be long. If for, we you're are be mad for a long time. Hey,
2: hey look here. Okay, I'm not the only one that hates this guy. No, not at all. No, he is an abomination. He is an atrocity to the game of baseball. It's all about Joe. I'm not saying that the guy wasn't once a hungry, good young umpire, but he has to put himself in... I I remember a few years ago, Madison Bumgarner just stared at him. Yes. But Joe felt the need to stare right back, and he wouldn't get behind home plate until after Madison Bumgarner turned his vision away. This guy has been a disgrace to the game, and yesterday... Cost us a victory. I I will stand by that. If Tim Anderson is still in the lineup, that's two at-bats from a guy that's batting near 500 with a slugging near 1.5 this season. I mean, he is as hot as anybody could be. And he got thrown for no reason after he got hit by a pitch. On purpose. On purpose. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And until he gets it... I mean, I don't care. Keller, if Keller wants to hit him, whatever. All right? I... If he wants to play that game, thanks for putting Tim Anderson on first base. Yes. Here's the thing my guy got thrown out of a game for no reason. And if that's the way that we're going to do it, then that umpire needs a talking to, and I need to hear of some suspension for him because it, he has gone without discipline for far too long.
1: Good call. Emery Sanger coming in hot today. Ugh. We'll come back on the other side, put a cap on things. Continuing on, taking it up until noon, it is Miller and Condon on 1460. Number one podcaster. <laughs> 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Final segment of the Thursday edition here. Miller and Cotton on KXNO. Emery Songer across the glass for me today. Yes, sir. Holding down the fort for Ken Miller. Trying to do my best, man. So I've uh, got some responses. In fact, got a phone call here uh, right as we were finishing up our segment with Matt Snyder. People asking, uh, who is Emery Songer? Who is this dude? You're on KXNO, You do a high school insider show. Yep. Now it's baseball season. So, what, you and Birchie and who else, Ross do the, yeah. the baseball show? Right? Yeah,
2: the call up at 6 p.m. every Friday night. And we, uh, much like the conversation we just had, it's basically just a big heaping helping of that for. <laughs> You know, as long as we have, uh, usually between 30 to an hour, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. That's always really fun. You know, Tommy is an insider for the Iowa Cubs, so you get a little bit more of the prospect dose Mm -hmm. that you probably wouldn't get. So if you're a deep diver when it comes to this stuff, I mean, absolutely tune into that 1460KXNO every Friday, 6 p.m.
1: Friday, you got High School Insider, and that's why I wanted to talk high school sports with you today. And we do that off the air from time to time. But during the course of the normal day, you're uh, down the hall on 1040 WHL, right?
2: Yeah, Van and Bonnie in the morning, 4.59 a.m. to 9 a.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. I am the producer, so hanging out with them, always a fun time. Busy show, early mornings, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and then other things that I do, within i got a couple podcasts that I work on. I, I have a horse racing podcast that... Ken Miller has been on a yeah, few times, yes. uh, called Horse Racing Talk. You can find kxno. on a KXNO.com or search Horse Racing Talk on KXNO on the iHeartRadio app. And then one that's really gotten some traction over the last couple months is uh, it's called Triowa that I do with Alt three's Alex Mack. And me and him, it's basically just like, for people our age, a lot of people, especially he's from Virginia, so people from outside Iowa, just like, is there anything cool to do in Iowa? And we basically do 30 minutes every week talking about all the cool stuff you can do in Iowa. And once a month, we go have a big adventure and, and look at something that's historic or fun or exciting around the state. So, for instance, last month we went to the American Gothic House. Saw that one. That was kind. I mean, you wouldn't think dressed up. It, you wouldn't think it'd be that fun, but it, we actually had a blast down there. And then uh, this month we're doing a little bit more of a uh, a regular. Tourist attraction in Iowa Mm -hmm. going to Adventureland. So, uh, stuff like that. But, you know, it's great. You can follow us, T R Y O W A, on all social media and, of course, on the iHeartRadio app.
1: I I love the idea when I first heard you and Alex talking about that as you were, you know, starting to put the the groundwork together to go with it. I'm a lifelong Iowan. Yeah. I I never plan on leaving the state. I love it here. I love Des Moines. I I love the state. I love being from North Iowa and and talking about my old days, stomping around Osage and, and things like that. This is a special place. And you're right, though, for younger people or or for people that are moving in, you know, they get a job at Wells Fargo, they get a job at principal, whatever it may be, and, oh, you have to go to Des Moines. It's a good thing. No,
2: Des Des Moines is a great place. I was a great place. It's about not to be the secret. It is because Forbes and all these other places that are doing these lists of like the best, most affordable cities for people our age, Mm -hmm. people, people, you know, even younger to go to college, to raise a family. I mean, it's popping up retirement. Yes. Des Moines, central Iowa pops up on these lists and all the time. And while Des Moines is really starting to bustle and happen, and we have over 500,000 people in the metro area combined and we have cool things like, you know, not only the theme park, but we have a horse track. We have casinos. We're about to have sports betting, which should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, you know, two rabid fan bases. No disrespect to the other colleges, but Iowa and Iowa state fans are crazy about their teams. And that's really unique because a lot of, of states, especially ones that have professional teams, they don't have that interstate rivalry that we have just within our own border, which makes it extremely fun. You don't understand how cool the place is until you get to it. And we have kind of dotted out the rest of our year in the places we're expecting to go yeah there's a lot of little tiny towns that we're going to to check out things that people might not know are either in iowa or how fun they can be once they make that trip so it's been a a fun experiment i've been a lifelong iowan as you have i'm from southeast iowa and alex being from virginia we have two very different perspectives on these things but the fact that if you're a young person going to the big city isn't all that hype because there's a lot to do right here in your backyard
1: Great place. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's been a lot of fun. Haven't listened this week yet, and uh I saw that 1460 KXNO's own Andrew Downs on this week.
2: Yes, he is. We have this segment called Quiz on the Cobb, which is uh, Iowa trivia, and it's, it's a fun game. It, it's all exciting and fun, and, and Alex, who doesn't know hardly anything about the state of Iowa, because <laughs> he's only been here for a year, year and a half, and I usually try to find somebody who's been in Iowa a while, like Andrew Downs. So mm-hmm. uh they do a little trivia contest called Quiz on the Cob, and you could check that out. Again, T R Y O W A. People want to put an I in there, but it's T R Y O W A. And I'll I'll spoil it for you. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah. It, great stuff. Great stuff. Awesome stuff from you today, Emery. Been a lot of fun here. In our final couple of minutes, uh Ken and I usually like to take a look forward here. I know your White Sox are playing this afternoon, yeah. so that's going to be probably what part of your, your lunch hours, watching a little White Sox baseball. You know, a little bit, a little yeah. bit, Trent. You know, I, I think
2: for the most part, I try to taper my expectations on the White Sox, at least the first six weeks of the season or so. I'll watch them on and off, but I don't try to get too deep into the way the team is playing. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish they would have been able to finish the sweep of Kansas City because then I would have been really sucked in today. But the, the main thing that uh, at least on, on my front, you know, sure, we're playing the Detroit Tigers and they, we, we should, have a chance to win these yeah, games, yeah. but but for me at this point, it's how are the young guys doing? Seeing Anderson and Moncada as hot as they are. Moncada, they that, got
1: banged up yesterday, but it looks like he's back in the lineup today. I yeah, thought I read that. He's this morning.
2: super, oh. super. Like, I got like, fantasy, like, so, the fantasy. Yeah. the talent is is off the charts. I'm a big fan of his. You know, we lost Lucas leader to the IL mm-hmm. uh, today, but you know he's showing signs of life. Carlos Rodon looks like he might be the ace with the stuff that we always thought he had. So I'm going to be watching individual performances, even though my socks might be losing.
1: Uh, got twins this afternoon. I'll be watching that. That's part of my lunch agenda. Finding a place that'll have the twins game on NBA tonight. Eh, nah, a little. Eat your hockey? I'm I'm in the hockey. Jets man. Blues probably going to have my main attention. Yeah, I think tonight. absolutely. That series has been awesome. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow. Emory back in one final day for Ken Miller. That will do it. Coming up two o'clock. It's Murph and Andy followed by the Fanatics on KXNO.